0: Well, Victory Midtown, happy Father's Day to everyone in the house. Hey, can we give it up for our biological fathers, spiritual fathers, adoptive fathers, fathers that will one day be? Let's go ahead and give it up one more time for all the fathers in the house. Man, it is so good to see everyone. Listen, I haven't seen some of y'all's faces in like a year and a half. When we stopped doing the mask, I was out for a few weeks, and I'm excited to be back after three weeks. And listen, we've been watching, Kendra and I have been watching online and worshiping at home, but there is nothing like being in the presence of God with the believers. Can you give God praise one more time for the opportunity to be here at church? Well, listen, it is so good for me to be back. I'm seeing some people that haven't been in church for a while, even during quarantine and those things. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity to celebrate today. And as Emily said, I've been out for three weeks because I have recently become a biological father to young, young Maximus moment. Listen, we wanted to do something and I want to just kind of give a little caveat. People asked us, since we had, you know, the birth of our son, I posted this little reel, and everybody was like, that's great, but what does the kid look like? Are you going to show us what he looks like? And what we decided, Kendra and I, many of you know, you've been walking with us on this journey for a long time. You've been praying for us, and we wanna say thank you for praying for us. We wanna say thank you for standing in the gap with us. I also wanna say thank you to the staff and to the volunteers and to everyone here who over the last three weeks, you guys have not just held it down, but Victory Midtown is thriving and is striving forward towards the things of God. So can you give yourselves a round of applause? All of you have showed up week to week, not just here present, but you are stepping into the things of God. With that, with us being home watching, it was like, okay, we wanted to take some time, because this has been a long time coming for us, just to be a little insular for a moment, to enjoy the moment, to really just take this time with our son. Because we know once he gets started, he's going to be going. We know that he is already a leader. We know that he's already going to be making waves. We know that God has something in store for him. But we wanted to make sure that our church home, that our family, that you were the first outside of our immediate family to meet or to see our son. And so I'm gonna ask, you know, we're gonna post something later, so don't take a screenshot and beat us to it, but we're gonna post something later because we wanna introduce the world to him, but we wanna make sure that we share it with you. So this moment, I wanna introduce you to Maximus Caden (laughs) Moman. Little guy. Y'all, it was hard for me to leave the house today. It was hard for me to leave the house today. This next picture, he is sitting like boss baby, like on top of the world. (laughs) Shout out to my lovely wife who is watching Kendra moment. Can y'all give it up for her? Real kind of emotional up here right now. And so what I, what I want to just say, even before I jump into the message, I want you to kind of bear with me today because this is not probably just like a regular sermon or a regular message. I really just today I'm going to share some things, but I might be navigating through some emotions and some feelings and just sharing really some things that I've learned in the last 19 days as a new father. And so as we get ready to go into this message, again, we feel so blessed. We feel so honored that God will bless us to steward this young man that will change the world. We're already speaking it. Amen? Amen. 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 So here it is. As we are jumping into this, I want to let you know that literally as soon as we had him, as soon as we were leaving the hospital, I realized that everything had changed. I heard that before, people were trying to tell me, they were like, yeah, you know, when you have a son or when you have a child, your whole life is gonna shift, your perspective is gonna shift. I was like, I'm already very aware. (laughs) But when we had him and we left the hospital, literally I realized it was like all my spider senses were up. I was driving slow, people were going by me, I was driving like 30 miles an hour on 85 and I never drive 30 miles an hour. But what I realized is that a new responsibility came upon me. I realized that as a father, there is something that comes upon you that's conferred upon you when you stand in that posture. And with this heightened awareness that I had, it really made me realize this first thing that I want to say to you that is even in your notes. I want to say this as we talk about fathers today, that fatherhood is synonymous with responsibility. Fatherhood is synonymous with responsibility. And it's this responsibility of fatherhood that really sparked this entire series that we're gonna be in over the next six weeks, including this week. Now, as we were talking about this, we were like, okay, what can we do? How can we step into this new season? And what we're doing, this series that we're stepping into is called Dear Church. And many of you that may be you know, biblically literate or you may have some background in the studies of the Bible, you realize that most of the New Testament is really letters to the church, not letters to individual churches and congregations, not I'm writing to Big Bethel AME and, you know, Church of the Holy Dove over here or even Victory Church. It was talking to the Big C Church in a particular region, in a particular area, and actually giving wisdom and dealing with the things that were going on in society at that time. And so what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks, we're going to be hearing from what we would call some fathers in the faith. We're going to be hearing from some spiritual fathers. Many of you may have never heard that term before, but even as Emily said, a spiritual father is simply someone who has been devoted, who has been proven in the things of the Lord and wants to make sure that they add value to those who they speak into, not just giving words, but actually giving impartation. And so what I want to do today, again, I'm going to share some things, I'm going to share some principles, but really, I just want to connect with you today. As a spiritual father, and even now as a biological father, I want to just share some things and kind of set the tone for the next several weeks, because we're going to get some really good preaching over the next several weeks. But today, if it's okay, I just kind of want to share with some things. Is that all right? All right. So here it is. We're doing this series for a few reasons. Number one, we're doing this because we need wisdom in the days we live in today. Dear church means, okay, I'm going to speak to the actual things that are prevalent in our lives that we need to know how to operate in victory in. And the second reason why we're doing this series is because we need to lean on those who have experience making it through the different wilds of life. We need to be able to bring back honor again. We need to be able to respect men and women of God again. We need to be able to say, okay, yeah, some people did not steward the platform well or positions well, but we won't let the whole body of Christ go to hell in a handbasket because of that. We're going to say there are some people who have been faithful, and we want to make sure that we hear from them. And so as we walk through this over the next several weeks, today I'm going to kick us off, and I just have two main goals today, two main goals. Number one, my first goal today is for all of us to leave with a healthy connection to God the Father and then our spiritual fathers and biological fathers in the earth. That's my first goal today. I want to just give some perspective and and talk about that. And then my second goal is for us to understand that every man in here, every single man, that you understand that you are called to be a father. Even y'all that said, I would never have kids, you're called to be a father too. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And as I talk about that, I want to give some insights, just a few insights on what it looks like so that we can have a standard and a guide to to walk with. Now, to do this, we have to understand the importance of fatherhood. And this is what I want to say. A lot of times, either on Mother's Day or Father's Day, the opposite gender kind of clocks out sometimes. You're like, okay, all you're going to talk about is that today. I'm, I'm kind of out. Don't do that today. The men in the house, I want you to understand, we're giving some affirming things today. This is not beat up the man session today. This is for us to understand, hey, we have a responsibility and just give a guide to how we're going to walk that out. And then for the women in the house, I want to just give some keys and some guides so that you can say, oh, that's what I need to look for. Oh, that's what a man should walk in. Oh, that's what a father or a man of God is supposed to be. And so as we walk through this, here it is. To understand this, we need to get a snapshot of the current reality today. In the current reality, uh, we have some fresh stats from the 2020 census that I want to share with you. And they're in your notes if you're following by you version. See, there's a father absence in America and there's a father absence in the world. And what these stats say is that there's a crisis in America, and it says 18.3 million children are actually living without a biological father, a stepfather, an adopted father, or a spiritual father in their life or in their home. What that means is one in four children don't have the benefit of having a father in their lives. And some may say, okay, well, You know, I didn't have a father. I turned out okay. Yes, you may have turned out okay, but what if the fathers were in place in a way that could have actually revealed some things to you that you wouldn't have had to go through? So as we look at this, here it is. Here are some real stats of what's going on. Children without fathers, they are usually four times greater to have the risk of poverty in their lives. Teen pregnancy is up by seven times for those who don't have fathers in their lives. This next slide shows us many other things. It says there are behavioral problems that are there. There are more child abuse factors that are there. There's crime there, that they're more likely to commit crimes. As we look at this, two times more greater the risk of infant mortality, meaning just the presence of a father around actually shifts the opportunity for a woman, even after they have given birth, to make sure that they recover and for that child to actually grow up in the right way. I'm going to tell you, while we were in the hospital, it's almost weird that even while we were there, sometimes because of how society goes so much, there were nurses that would be speaking to my wife saying, hey, do you have any support at home? And I'm sitting there like, hey, I'm over here. Hello. But the reality is that that's not always the case. They've been even conformed with muscle memory to see that people that come in, even if a father is there, one nurse came in and said, oh, you're so alert. I was like, uh, I'm awake because my son is here. My wife is here. I want to make sure they're good. She said, I've come in many other hospital rooms where the, every time I came in, the man was just asleep the whole time. And no knock on that man that might have been asleep. I don't know his circumstances, but for me in my house, I need to keep watch on what you're doing with my family. And so as we look at this, there might be these things that we look at and we say, oh, that's inconsequential, but I want to let you know it's very serious. Because I'm able to be a guardian of my home. I'm able to see and make sure they're taking care of my wife, taking care of my child, and I'm standing as that standard. Child obesity is two times more likely to be be with those who actually don't have fathers. And educationally, they are two times more likely to drop out of high school. All of these stats are great. All of these stats are real. But the reality of what I really want to say is that there is a fatherless crisis. And the thing that we want to say here is that father absence harms children. The proof is in. Father absence harms children. And when I think about that, I actually look at that in the natural and in the spirit. See, in the natural, I'm talking about that already, about how you need to have a father there. But in the spirit, there is something that happens when you understand your relationship with your heavenly father. Jamal said it while he was ministering uh, during worship. He said he had a hard time sometimes actually seeing God as father because he only saw the model of an earthly father that didn't really line up. For many of us in the room, we even sometimes avoid coming to uh, service on days like Father's Day because it's like, I've only seen a bad model or I've seen no model at all. And this is a passion point for me. Anybody that knows me, this is a passion point for me. Even before I became a biological father, I want to make sure that when a young man, when a young woman encounters me, that they encounter the image of God. Everything we're talking about with this emancipating greatness, we're saying we are in the imago day. We are looking to be those who show up and emit the light of Christ. And so, with this being a passion point for me, I believe this. I believe this. This is not in your notes, but I need you to write this down. The quality of society greatly hinges on if men will stand as standard bearers. Write that down. The quality of society, it greatly hinges on if men will stand as standard bearers i've said this for many years i've said this that men are thermostats and what i mean by men being thermostats is that when a man a real man shows up i'm not just talking about somebody with all this bravado i'm not talking about someone who actually uh, says that manhood is this or that i'm talking about a man who serves god a man who will worship god a man who will lead his family when a real man shows up it changes the environment of an atmosphere when a real man shows up, people kind of starting to straighten up. When a real man shows up, things that would have been able to go off without their presence, it comes into order right quick. And so as we're looking at this, here it is. There's a statement that I always say, and you can write this down to The better the husband, the better the wife. The better the father, the better the child. And you may be saying, okay, well, you know, even some of the men in the house, you're like, you don't know my wife. I might not know your wife, but what I'm saying is that you are a thermostat. So that even if your wife is having a bad day, even if your wife is not able to respond in the way that you would think is up to par, you have a responsibility not to come down, but to raise the standard. Not to go cold, but to raise the temperature in the home and say, okay, instead of me responding to you in a negative way, what do I need to speak life into you on? What word, in the, what word do I need to wash you with in this moment so that you understand that I'm not going to retaliate? Because here's the thing, hurt people hurt people. And a lot of times we see people responding because they've only seen one model and they're responding out of that model. So as we're looking at this, I want you to even hear the reason why we're so passionate. Over the next month or so, because we plan on being in our new building right there in the middle of August, but before we go in, we're even gonna be having the men of this church meet at our new location in the neighborhood on Saturday mornings and walking around that neighborhood, praying around that neighborhood, running around that neighborhood so that our presence as spiritual thermostats is felt. I believe I'm just crazy enough and faith-filled enough to believe that we have men in this house who will stand as the standard. Can I get an amen from some strong men in the house? So watch this. The reason why this is so important is because for far too long, our nation has focused on building a strong economy and not building a strong family. For far too long, people have been focusing on building strong businesses and weak men. Now, I'm not talking about any men in this house. I'm talking about the ones you work with. Men smile back at me. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the ones who you are looking to go after to bring into the standard of the Lord. But when we think about this and think about the fact that there have been a lot of weak men being raised up, this means that we will then have weak families. And if we have weak families, what we'll have is a weak nation. And if we have a weak nation, that means that we're under a curse. And so as we walk through this, here it is, this focus on fatherhood and responsibility. It was so important to God that the last words of the Old Testament focused on this. This fatherhood crisis, this epidemic, this this father pandemic, if you want to call it that, was so important that God gave through the prophet Malachi the words to say to us so that we can understand how heavy this is. Hear this in Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. I'm going to say that one more time because I need us to grab it. It says, And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. See, why this is so important is because after that was said, God shut up for 400 years. They call it the intertestamental period or the silent years. And what I like to say, it's like God said, I'm going to drop this bomb on you, and then I'm just going to be quiet for a minute. It's going to take you 400 years to get what I just said. If you understand orating, if you understand public speaking, you will understand that many people, when you're trying to make a point... Before something or after a major point, you'll give what's called a pregnant pause. Because a pregnant pause draws you back in. A pregnant pause makes you understand that there is something that I need to pay attention to in this moment. A pregnant pause makes you understand that there is something I need to pay attention to. I need to perk up. I need to what? Lean in right now. And what I believe is God gave us a pregnant pause after Malachi 4. And he said, I'm going to be quiet for a minute because I really need you to lean into this truth and I need you to get it so that you understand how important fathers turn into their children and children turn into their fathers are. Whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping with us online, I want to let you know that there is such a need for fathers. And some of you may be saying, okay, uh, you're getting a little extreme with that and I don't really know what you're talking about, but here it is. The current climate of society It's actually indicative that we're under this curse that God talked about. The current climate of our society shows that if we don't get it together, if we don't step up, if we don't take this seriously, we will go backwards instead of going forward. What am I talking about? This is the curse of fatherlessness. And this curse of fatherlessness, what it does, it permeates these these things that you are very aware of. Cancel culture. Weak people times that we live in where everybody's offended. I have never met so many un- offended people in my life. The smallest things get people offended because they haven't maybe been trained and shown how to have that fortitude. Other things, people are going after what's right in their own eyes. There's no accountability. There's godlessness. There's identity issues, all because we're under a curse of fatherlessness, Now, as I'm saying all this, again, some of you are like, okay, I hear you. Yes, it's important. It's Father's Day. I know you got to say this. No, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because here it is. It's a big deal. Because even if you think about it, you watch any sports, most of the time when somebody has a great game and they interview them, they say what? Hi, Mom. Not that many times do you hear them saying, hi, Dad. And what that does is that reinforces a culture who makes it okay and even acceptable to say, oh, mama handles everything. Yeah, mama's going to make sure she's daddy and mama. No, that's not the way God wants it to be. Mama can't handle everything. And even with some of my, you know, you're playing it real cool right now because I can see your whole face. Even some of my heavy feminists that might be in the room. I'm not taking anything away from you. What I'm saying is that, no, you're not supposed to do everything, and no, the man is not supposed to do everything either. Can somebody say amen to me? That's what I'm talking about. So let me be clear. Women in the room, you are very unique. There is nothing like a woman. I gained a whole new respect from my wife after she gave birth to our child. I said, you are my superwoman whatever you need baby I got you yeah whatever you need you can take me up on that today whatever you need but what I realized and I need you know it's been a few weeks since I preached I need just the men in the house to give me a good lean in right now come on all the men if you're new here just follow the rest of the guys they're just leaning in right now listen just like the women are very unique just like there's nothing that we can do like them I can't carry a child I could I could not do that I cannot but let me tell you this, man, you're very unique as well. I just need to sit there for a second because not enough times are we given affirmation where we're always trying to tear down. Stay with me, man. You're very unique and watch this word. You're very necessary. I'm I'm pausing right there for a moment because, again, I didn't come to preach to you today. I didn't come to give you a good sermon. I came for us to understand that over the next six weeks, we're going to need to reframe our minds because there are some things coming down the pipe that if we don't understand the order of God, if we don't understand the authority of God, if we don't understand what he wants to do through us, we will go amiss. And so as I'm saying this, you can lean back, guys. What I'm saying is that men in the house, we need you yes we know we need the women and the women are great they support us but I'm talking to the men in this moment we need you we need you I need every woman in this room to turn to a man and say I need you some of y'all scared to do it y'all like he gonna ask me for my number later you know is he gonna get the mixed signals I'm giving you permission right now I'm giving you permission right now y'all follow me do it every woman look around at a man and say I need you some of y'all like I am not saying that Let me do this, let's do it all together. Let's say together, men, Men, we need you. you. Is that better, ladies? (laughs) We're talking about the most godliest of ways that y'all need us, all right? This is, I'm gonna put a moratorium. Don't any man in here get a woman's number today. I'm helping some people today, I'm helping some people today. Listen, when we say we need men, What we're saying is that we need men who will choose to show up. We need men who will choose to show up. Why am I saying choose? I'm saying we need to choose because Ed Cole, he's a famous guy. He passed away, but he has mentored a lot of men. And he would say this. This is a famous quote all over the world. He would say, you are a male by birth, but a man by choice. You are a male by birth, but a man by choice. And we need men right here, and I believe we have some men in this room. We need men that will choose to say, I will not be led by the flesh, but I'm going to be led by the spirit. We need men who will choose to be a thermostat and who will lead their their families and their children in a godly way and show them that they're not thermometers, they're thermostats making sure that they actually cultivate the environment. We need men that will choose to say, I know that there's been generational curses all around me, present in my my life and present even in my family and generational habits, but for me and my house, this curse stops here. Can I get somebody to say it stops here? This curse stops here. And so as we're looking at this, again, I'm I'm faith-filled enough Call it crazy, call, call it a little amiss, I'm faithful enough to believe that we have some people, men and women, right here at Victory, who will say we are those, like our first pillar says, that God is building a new family. That God is allowing us to now restore what the family looks like that the things that I've been privy to, the things that have affected me over the years, the things that I may have had to limp over to even get to where I am today, my family, my generation's behind me. My son is not going to have to do that. And so as we look at this, here it is. It has to start somewhere. Everybody in the room say, "It it starts with me. Online, I need you to say it starts with me. Type in the chat, it starts with me. And so here it is. I told you, I just wanted to share a couple of things today. I believe that God is healing the hearts. He's healing father wounds right now. From men and women in the room, again, some of you are still struggling a little bit. And I need to do this prophetically. I need you to lift your hands right now. Come on, lift your hands all over this room. Lift your hands online. And I need you to say, Father, father I, trust I trust you. Father, father I'm, I'm open. open. Father, father show, me goodness, show me your goodness and allow me to receive a new vision of you. Somebody put your hands together and say you accept that. So here it is. God is looking for fathers. And this is not a new thing. 2,000 years ago, Paul was talking about this. And 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Turn to it in your, in your notes or on version. It's going to be on the screen. He wrote this in, in chapter 4, verse 14. He said, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have become your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Let me read that last line again because this is very important. It says, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I've become your father through the gospel. He he was talking about I'm a spiritual father. I'm a guy. I'm somebody you can trust. You can hear the words that I speak and lean into those things. What he was actually saying right there, Paul was saying, he wasn't saying nobody was having kids. A lot of people were having kids or you wouldn't even be here. What he was saying is that there's a lot of biology happening, but there's not a lot of spirituality happening. If I can borrow from the 1990s, what he was saying is that there are a lot of bumping and grinding going on, but not a lot of leading and guiding going on. There's a lot of men walking around with a limp, but I'm trying to make men who will take on the mantle of father. See, I see something wrong with us just making babies and just letting them die at the altar because we're not nurturing them. I see something wrong with us having babies and having children and even seeing people around us that don't have father figures and mother figures in their lives and not taking them under our wing because we need to step up and raise the standard. And I believe with everything in my heart that we're a people right here in this what looks like a small room right now. You are power packed. You are carrying the seed of potential that literally will change the generations. You are literally sitting in the seat that was prayed for before the foundations of the earth, and God is saying, because you showed up today, if you will open your ears, open your eyes, open your heart up, he said, I want to work through you. And so as we're looking at this, here it is. We have a lot of dads, but not a lot of fathers. And here's the thing, as we look at this scripture, even in 1 Corinthians 4, that word guardians, the Greek word for that guardians is this word called uh, paedagogos, paedagogos. And what it means is instructor. It means leader. As a matter of fact, it means boy leader. So what Paul was saying right here, he said, you got a whole lot of boy leaders walking around giving you instructions, but you have few fathers who can be trusted. For too long, the church has gotten a bad net rap because we've had boy leaders stepping up and giving the church a bad name. But I'm believing that even out of this room, there are some men being raised up. I believe in this room, there's some fathers being raised. I believe in this room, there are some women that will change generations because you hear this word, you don't count it robbery to lean into this word. And instead of fighting against the man, you're partnering with the man to say, yes, we can let the kingdom come. Does anybody say amen to that? So here it is. Here's a principle that I want to give you. Write this down. Every male can grow into a man. And every man can grow into a father. Remember, you were birthed into the world as a a male, but you choose to be a man. Every male can become a man, and every man can actually walk in and become a father. So after this service, when somebody says happy Father's Day to you, don't give them the side eye and say, I ain't got no kids. I need you to receive it and say, thank you. Because as a man of God, you have fatherhood on the inside of you. As a man of God, you have destiny on the inside of you. So as we look at this, here it is. A man develops into a father and then calls things out. Here's a statement that I've been saying a long time, and before I say it, I want to give you an observation. I already recognize the differences in the way that my son responds to me and responds to Kendra. What was funny is that when she was pregnant with Maximus, he would be jumping around. It's almost like he was doing push ups in the womb. And he'll be moving around and doing all these things. And she would call me from the other room and say, Mo, come here. You know, watch him. And I would walk into the room and he'll be like, <laughs> I was like, You gonna move? Am I gonna not get to even feel you or see you until you come out? I would leave the room and then she would like, say, Oh, he's doing it again. I would come back and say, Hey, Maximus. And he would just be, And what we see, and it all makes sense now, is that even now, now that he's 19 days old, there are times when he might get a little fussy, and then as soon as I come into the room and just say, hey, Maximus, he starts to calm down. It's not that I'm better than my wife, it's that we bring different things to our son. And I think the ploy of the enemy is to get men and women to be at odds with each other instead of coming together to see how we complement each other. But here it is, write this down. I believe it's in your notes. Here's something very important. The reason why I believe my son kind of just lines up or when I put him in my hands, he kind of starts to calm down, is this. A father confirms the masculinity in a boy and confirms the femininity in a woman. A father confirms the masculinity in a male and confirms the femininity in a girl. And I'm saying that because here it is. A father is to confer security on a man or a woman. A father is to be able to let them know that you don't have to go outside of the things of Christ, but I want to speak with authority right to you to let you know that you are secure. And you're not having to work for your security. I'm telling you that even right now, I speak to my son like he can understand every single thing I'm saying. We're not speaking the baby language to him. Kendra is giving him new words and he's going to have a super vocabulary. My wife is a genius. And we're already seeing him start to respond. So as we're looking at this, here it is. A father confirms masculinity in a boy and femininity in a girl. And as I was thinking about this, I told you I didn't really want to preach to you today. I just want to share a couple of observations with me being a fresh 19-day-old dad. So here are just a few things. That even while I have been at home, and thank you again for being so gracious for allowing us to be away from church for a couple of weeks to spend that time with him. When I was holding him the other day, I was thinking about all these other things that I may have preached today and talked about today. But I was holding him in this room the other day. And literally, the Lord just gave me a download real quick. It was like, hey, these are some simple things that I just wanted you to share about your experience, about what you're learning about being a father right now. Three things. What we're noticing as new parents is there's really only three major things that makes our Maximus turn up. Three things. When he's hungry, when he needs to be changed, and when he's lonely. Here it is. The first thing that I want you to know that a father does for his children is this. A father feeds his children. A father feeds his children. The Greek word for father is pater. Pater. And it's derived from a root word that means nourisher, protector, and upholder. Nourisher, protector, and upholder. And as we look at this, what I'm finding is that I'm holding my son. As I'm seeing that he's there and he needs to be fed, what I'm doing is I'm not just feeding him milk. Or Kendra's not just feeding him from her substance. What we're doing is that we're doing something called imparting into him. We're giving him uh, 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 physical food, but in the spirit, we're giving him spiritual food. In the spirit, we're calling his identity into security. So I'm speaking to him, and I'm actually calling things out. The Lord actually arrested me the other day because many of you know I, I am a person who likes to try to get a lot done all at the same time. So I'm holding Maximus the other day, and I got the bottle in his hand like this, and I'm trying to grab my iPad with one hand and my phone with the other hand. So I'm holding the bottle with my my chin right here on his face, and then the Lord just like, will you stop? (laughs) He stopped me in my tracks and said, no, this is not the time for you to multitask. He gave me a method. He gave me a formula and said, every time you feed him, because he's not going to be this small forever, every time you feed him, I want you to feed him physically and I want you to feed him spiritually. Every time you feed him, I want you to impart into him. I want you to speak life into him. I want you to speak scriptures over him. So this is what we say to Maximus. Every time we feed him, we've been saying it to him since he's been in the womb. Some of y'all have heard me say this before. We say, Maximus, your name means greatest. Your name means greatest, which means you will serve people. You will walk in power, strength, and authority. You will walk in power, strength, and authority, but you will also walk in humility, which is strength under control. You will help people. You will be a world changer. You will be a leader. How many of us, if we heard that when we were little, would be a little bit different? So what I'm doing is as a father, I'm feeding him, yes, with his bottle, but I'm speaking life into him to make sure that he has something on the inside that can't be taken away from him. The other thing that God showed me while I was feeding him, I was looking into his eyes. I'm telling y'all, this is major things that I'm learning in these 19 days. I'm looking into his eyes, and I saw my reflection. And when I saw my reflection, Holy Spirit just whispered to me and said, Mo, he will see and take hold of what he sees in you. He will see and be able to accomplish what he sees in you. So what that means, and many fathers in the house know this, something changes in how you operate when you know someone's watching you. We all operate better when somebody's watching. And so the responsibility that we have as fathers, as men in this house, and even the women in here to continue to encourage and push the men in your lives to stand in this standard. It's to understand that we are nurturing and that we are trying to have our children and those the next generation imitate us. First Corinthians chapter 11 says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Many people don't even want to give that out there to say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ, because that's a big responsibility. But I'm here to let you know it's not that I want you to follow me for what my abilities are. It's not that I want you to follow me because I have this all together. I want you to follow me as I follow the model of Christ. Amen? So we're feeding him on the inside for the things that will benefit him on the outside. Number two, again, that second reason why he turns up a little bit is when he's dirty. So a father changes his children. A father changes his children. Now, I'm going to tell y'all, I have seen some stuff in these 19 days that my mind would like to forget. I didn't know babies can do that type of stuff. But what the Lord, again, is teaching me through this process, he's teaching me this. As I was changing him the other day, the Lord just said, hey, he's fussing because he's actually sitting in waste from a past season. And as his father, it's your responsibility to take where he is, to clean him up from the waste of the last season to present him ready for the next season. Lord been speaking to me in that nursery, y'all. And here it is. A lot of us, if we're honest, we've been sitting in waste season so long, and that's why we're operating in infection. Infection in our hearts, infection in our spirit, infection in our relationships, inf- infection in a way that we can't operate in healthy relationships because we're filtering everything through the eyes of waste. And so as we're looking at this and I was changing him even if we know the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son, he got a little big and bad and he said, "Dad, okay, I know I have an inheritance coming. I want my stuff now." And the father, loving him, he gave it to him. But what happened was that son found himself in waste. That son found himself dirty. And the father what he didn't do is say, "Hey, you pooped on yourself, sit in it." He didn't say, "Yeah, you've been in the pigsty, so stay dirty." What he did is he said, nope, because you're my son, even though you put yourself in this situation, I'm going to change you from that waste place so that you can be prepared for the next place. Let me show it to you real quick. Luke 15, 21, it says this, the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. What he was saying, hey, change his clothes. I know he's been out there in the dirt. I know he's been out there in the waste. But change his clothes because I love him. And it's my responsibility as a father to show him a model that I won't leave him in the waste place. It says, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate we need men fathers in the spirit that will be able to look at a a young man or a young woman and say hey you know not what you do hey let me take you under my wing let me show you some things let me help you so you don't make the same mistakes i made and be spiritual fathers and thirdly here's what the father does for his children This is the last thing maximus turns up when he's a little lonely he turns up when he doesn't feel like we're right around him after too long. He wakes up from that swaddle nap, and he's like, okay, where are y'all at? And this is what happens. A father stands as a physical example about how God loves us. So literally every time I reach into that bassinet or that crib and I pick him up, I'm saying, I want you to know how your father will handle you with care. I want you to know that even in your frailty, because he can't do much right now. I feel like he's a little advanced. You know, every father thinks their son is just the greatest. I think my son is the greatest. He's lifting his hands. He's doing a little stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm celebrating everything. <laughs> but what I'm saying when I'm doing that is that I want to show him that God loves him. And this thing that I found, some of the fathers in the house, you're going to know what I'm talking about, and the mothers. There's this thing called skin-to-skin time. Skin-to-skin time. And what's skin-to-skin time is when you take everything off the baby except for their pamper. And then for me, I take off my shirt and make sure that we're just chest-to-chest. We lay down, have a little angle, and he's just laying on me chest-to-chest. And what that is, what that's doing is it's allowing his heartbeat to connect with my heartbeat. It's allowing his mind to connect with my mind. It's allowing him to be secure and his body to be regulated and him to feel security. What it's really saying is I'm taking away any artificial thing in between me and my son so that he can receive all the benefits that God has for him. That's for you in the spirit. God is saying, I need more skin to skin time with you. I need you to take off the facade. I need you to take off the mask. I need you to take off all these things that you've been putting in between us that are keeping us from actually connecting. For some of my scientific people in the room, listen, skin to skin has actual benefits. And they were these, and I was blown away by this, and I'm like, I'm going to do this every day while I can. Skin to skin benefits are these. They accelerate brain development. It calms and soothes your child. It improves the quality of their sleep. It stimulates even digestion and weight gain. Some of us are like, "Oh no, I don't know, I'll keep that second one away." <laughs> it synchronizes heart rate and breathing, and it promotes psychological well-being for the father and for the baby. God wants some skin-to-skin time with you. He wants you to know he loves you so much. He wants you to abide with him. He wants you to rest with him. This may be a Father's Day message, but this really is a message about how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he's meticulously crafted you in the environment around you so that you can walk with him in safety. John 15 says this, As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide. In my love, as fathers, as mentors, we are to let children and let men and women see that we can actually walk in healthy love, pure love. I'm gonna give you this last scripture, and I want you just to hear it because this gives us the extent of how deep God loves us. In Ephesians chapter three, verse seventeen, it says this: Hear it. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great for you to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. God is trying to tell us, like, hey, you'll never fully understand how much I love you. But every day that you wake up, I want you to start to tap into and get skin to skin with me. I want you to start to feel my love and enjoy it. And the reason why this is so important is because all of us, whether we know it or not, there are literally just four basic needs that we all have. The first basic need is this. Every one of us, we are looking for acceptance. Acceptance. We're looking for acceptance because we need to understand that we are loved and appreciated. The second thing that's a basic need of ours is our our identity. We need to know who we are. See, I'm speaking this over my son every day because with a name like Maximus, he's gonna have to show up knowing who he is. And what Kendra and I are saying is that we're gonna balance him having confidence in the Lord but humility with people. Number three, security. You need to know that you are protected and you are provided for. And number four, this love that God wants you to know as you abide with him is that you need to understand your purpose. That you need to know the reason why you were created. These, all these series that we're doing, they're emancipating greatness series because we want you to know that you were made for something great. So this is what I want to do we sung this song earlier and they're going to sing it in a minute, but I want to read something to you. As we're talking about dear church, all the campus pastors, we got together and we wrote a letter to you. We wrote a letter to you because the world is giving so many other signals. The world is giving so many different types of narratives that when we come together on Sunday morning, we need to reinforce what God said. And so as these father figures will come in the next couple weeks. I wanted to give you my letter to you. And in this moment, if you will do me a favor, because I really want you to be in this moment by yourself. I don't want you to be distracted by anything. So if you will just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. I'm going to read this letter to you. And I want you to hear it. I want you to meditate on it. And I want you to receive it. I wrote this to you. My beloved... The God of the universe knows you. He really knows you. He knows you because he created you. You were made in the image of the everlasting God. He made every part of you and took his very breath and breathed life into your lungs. Before the foundations of the world were set, he had you in mind. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. When God looks at you, He sees his child, his son, his daughter. He thinks of you so much that it is inconceivable how often you are on his mind. You belong to him and he loves you. God has so many wonderful plans for you, plans of hope and plans for the future. He will never harm you or ignore you. God will never, ever turn his back on you. Listen to me, God loves you. I realize you have had experiences of what a father shouldn't be and shouldn't do, and I am so sorry for every person that has hurt you or wounded you. I am sorry for every bad example of a father you've experienced. That wasn't meant to be the character of God. You must understand that people will always fall short, but He never will. Even if all of your earthly fathers fail you, remember that your heavenly father never will. Listen to me, listen to me. God is for you. The crazy thing is that he loves you not because of anything you have done, not because of your accomplishments or awards or what others think of you. Your father loves you because you are his child. Hmm. So when you mess up, when you get weak and stumble, get back up and keep running to him. Your father will always be there, arms outstretched, ready to receive you again. Please don't hide from him. He wants all of you, not just the presentable parts you show everyone else. Allow your father to search your heart, showing you areas that are dark and then allow the light of Jesus to illuminate every part of you. The bottom line is this, your dad Your heavenly father wants a relationship with you. He wants the kind of connection that will never be broken. He wants that connection because he loves you more than you'll ever know. He is a very, very good father. And he loves you forever and always. And there is nothing that you could ever do to change that. I'm for you. Signed, your pastor. a moment just to let that sink in. Because sometimes we hear things, we hear messages, we hear songs even, and we get caught up in the melody. But in this next moment, I want to give the worship team an opportunity to sing that song again, but I believe you're going to hear it with a different ear this time. And as we sing this song, as we worship together, whatever you need to do, if you need to bow down at your seat, if you need to lift your hands, if you need to bow your head or stand up, just take a moment to receive the ministry of the Lord, that He is a good, good Father. So let's just lift that up and receive the presence of the Lord.
1: You're
0: If you're comfortable with it, I'm going to ask every man in the room to come to the altar. If you're comfortable, every man in the room to come to the altar. The reason I wanted to do this is because the position of God has called us to be the head of the home, the head of society. And like I said earlier, as the man goes, the nation goes. And in this moment, I just needed some of y'all to take a physical step to understand that I'm not to sit back and be passive. I'm to step forward and step into my position. Even those who are watching online, I want you to do this. If you're at your home and you're with your family, I need you to step forward towards the TV screen or towards the monitor. And while Jamal was singing that, that you were perfect in all your ways, I felt that the Lord wanted to minister something to you to let you know that even in the things that you messed up, he makes you perfect and new. Even in the things that you did out of ignorance, he's still saying that you can be perfected by his hand being upon you. And I believe that the women that are even sitting in this room behind you, they're praying for you. They're pushing you forward. It's something to see a group in a room full of men coming together, worshiping God. So just for a moment, this is what I want to do. I want you just to lift that up. He's perfect in all his ways. And for you guys, I need you to lift your hands and receive it. Because some of you have been struggling through the shame of your old decisions. Some of you, you heard this message today and you said, I know you're saying every man can become a father, but I don't know if I can do that. And as you lift your hands right now, the Lord is imparting something in you to let you know that you should have confidence, that you can have peace, that you can have strength, that he has made you perfect even in his ways. So let's lift that up for a moment.
1: Perfect in all of your ways. Oh
0: I'm a good good father and I just need no instruments, I need the voices of these men that are at the altar because some of you need to practice it in here so that you can reaffirm it when you leave out of here every one of you you were born a male, but you are now birthed into the spirit to be a man and a father so let's just lift that up for a moment I'm a good good father because I want you to declare it I want you to own this i 'm a, a good good father
1: good father it's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm loved by him. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm a good, good father. Say it, man. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I Come on, it it I lift it up one more time, man. Lift it up one more time. Good, good Father, it's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm loved by you. It's who, it's, who it's who I am. It's who I
0: am. It's who I am. Father, I speak over this entire congregation. And I declare that we are all taking our rightful place. I declare that even these men who have come down, even out of obedience to you, they are taking the step to say, I am a good, good father because I serve a good, good father. Father, I thank you for the women in this room who will not be those who just sit by, but be with those who will pray for these men, who will pray that they will continue to be the repairers of the breach. Father, I thank you right now that Victory Church, Victory Midtown will be a place that men know that they are seen, that they belong, and that they are useful for your use. Father, I thank you right now that what happens here, it will spark a revival into the places they will go tomorrow. It will spark a revival that we know our identity that we are now walking in the fullness of who you called us to be God I thank you I thank you right now and I even stand in the gap even for those who have not had good models of a father before I stand in the gap right now and say be healed be delivered be set free and receive the real image of a good good father Jesus name In this moment, even while heads are bowed, if you're in this room and you're hearing this message and you're like, okay, all that's good, but I know I don't have a relationship with God because I don't have a relationship with Christ. If you're in here and you want to truly walk in this peace, you want to receive this goodness that the Father has and you want to step into a relationship with Jesus, while heads are bowed, I just need you to slip one of your hands up in the air. See a few hands, see a few hands. As a congregation together in unity, let's pray this prayer together because we want to make sure that everyone knows that they are secure in their identity with Christ. Let's pray together. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I repent today, which means I turn from my way of doing things. And I accept and turn towards your way of doing things. I receive your sacrifice, and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together right now in the room? Come on, let's celebrate a good God. Let's celebrate a good God. Women, can you celebrate these men that are down here? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Man, y'all don't know how good y'all look. The whole church, you don't know what it looks like from my vantage point to see men standing in the gap for the women. To see the order of how God would have us to operate demonstrated today. So even after we leave this place, when you're tempted to fall back, I want you to step forward. When you're tempted to be apathetic, I need you to stand strong and understand That we were born males, but we choose to be men. Amen? Amen. God bless you, Victory Midtown. I love you.